to down to down to. Yeah. Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't want it's a real world. It's a real world. It's, 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 it's a real one. I don't use it. But it's <laughs> in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome. To Down to Dunk, this is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com. We're also on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening to Dash Radio, welcome to our show. We talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've got Michele Barra on the line. Michele, are you hanging in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been tough, like, the past the past week. So, But still, we have a good week of basketball uh, in front of us. So let's hope for the best. Yep. So they... The games that we previewed last week were Chicago, which the Thunder beat by 13, but did not play that well in that game. And then they played San Antonio on Friday night. And it was kind of like same song, second verse kind of thing with this team, is that they played really well in the first half, and the first quarter in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like 35-13 at one point. It's like, all right, like the Thunder are ready to, you know, you know, this is their coming out party on national TV. Fantastic. It's actually just kind of the same old thing. They fell apart. They stopped passing the ball. They stopped working together. A lot of really bad shots after that, after that big run to start the game. I just remember Russ taking some really bad, like, you know, three pointers, like at the very beginning of the shot clock. And you're just like, wow, like, like, what? like you do not know that you have some, Guys call their their names are Paul George and Carmelo Anthony on your team, and they can make shots. And, and Paul George was he fought really hard at the end, and I've kind of felt bad for him because I mean, you could tell how much he wanted to win that game, but he didn't play that well throughout the game either. Um, mm-hmm. But it's frustrating. Like there, this has been maybe the most frustrating Thunder team to cover, uh, just because there's all these expectations, and like you see the flashes. Like you see, yeah. like they're there. Like the Thunder are still third in defensive rating. I think they're 16th in offense. They're fifth in net rating, and you know their their net rating. The only people that are higher in the net rating than them, the Raptors, who have been fantastic lately, the Celtics, Houston, Golden State, and it's just it's just baffling because I think that that net rating does say a lot of what this team is and can be. But when it comes time to win, the Thunder just don't do it. Mm. Yeah, first of all, I apologize for the quality of my voice. I, I, it's totally on me. I forgot the mic at home, so I apologize to to listener. Back to San Antonio and to like to the broader view that you had on OKC. I think that it has been sad to see just because Russ has not been himself from the starting of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that he was he was missing bunnies at the rim. That probably uh, put him out of track and he tried to put himself in rhythm using those uh, early in the, in the clock shots that he loves. Uh, sometimes they go in and you win and no one complains. For example, in the third quarter against uh, Dallas, he, he hit a bunch of those and everyone was in rhythm then. I really think that what separates OKC from those other teams it's just Russell Westbrook not playing uh, as good as he as he can. Uh, I have some numbers, but maybe uh, let's finish up this um, like uh, intro to to the Thunder Week. Um, I really think that uh, this the all the good signs are there. Like OKC was playing amazing basketball. Uh, in the first quarter, like amazingly good. They were shutting down San Antonio. All the passing lanes were closed. They were running in transitions. Um, I also think that uh, they were doing uh, an okay um, substitution plan. They immediately, Sabina, Aparinas, and Eustace, that gave them uh, fresh energies, out of shootings, and then they put in Dakari Johnson to match with uh, Pau Gasol uh, size, and, and that worked. Uh, what really uh, puzzled me was that in the second quarter, they they went away from all of that. 
they kept the starter in for like nine minutes, I think. Uh, they didn't put Abrines until like the last minutes of the quarter. They didn't put in Dakara Johnson. And I really think that Pau Gasol played a huge role in a uh, San Antonio win because he, he grabbed a ton of rebounds. He, his size was important uh, for, for their offense. And so in some sense, yes, Russ did like uh, his worst probably in San Antonio, but also the coaching staff didn't... Um, Basically, they had something that worked in the first half, and for some reason that I don't know, they decided to go away from that. I'd like to thank Andy Sproz and Custard for sponsoring today's show. Oh, man, it's Thanksgiving week, and if you haven't had a pumpkin pie concrete, this is the perfect week to get one. Go to Andy Sproz and Custard, Oklahoma City, Tulsa. There's some in Missouri, a ton in Missouri, actually, uh, in Dallas. You can go get yourself some Andy's frozen custard. And if you listen to our show, you've heard this already. They take a slice of real pie. It's the real pumpkin pie. And then they add their delicious vanilla frozen custard to it. Mix it all up. Boom. It's so good. Put a little whipped cream on top. It's delicious. So go get yourself a pumpkin pie concrete this week. Treat yourself during this Thanksgiving week with Andy's frozen custard. The great thing about Andy's is that they make their custard fresh hour by hour. I take my kids to Andy's a lot. We go look through the window probably for a few minutes before we even order just to see the frozen custard being made because it's super cool uh, and it's fresh. To me, when I'm going to a restaurant or if I'm going to get something uh, like ice cream, frozen custard, I, I want something that's super fresh. Like I want something that I can't get anywhere else. And this is the best frozen custard that you can get. Please support the people that support Down to Dunk and go get Andy's Frozen Custard today. And you hate to blame the coaching staff for that particular game, just because I feel like a lot of it was make or miss with this team. Yeah. I mean, like you talked about with Westbrook, like he, the, there were so many shots that are just his normal shots. I mean, he got a few shots off in the post on Patty Mills. You think, oh, great. Like the, that was easy money last year and he misses, mm-hmm. you know, he gets to the rim and he misses. I mean, there were just shots that, I mean, if Russ just shoots seven for 22 instead of five for 22, like we're excited because the Thunder were two and two this past week and they're, you know, have this, you know, four game win streak and they're, you know, heading into this golden state matchup looking really good. But he didn't. He hit 5 of 22, and you're left thinking, like, what is wrong with this Oklahoma City team? And some of it's make or miss. And, I mean, at some point, I think, like, if this continues, you know, if the Thunder, you know, put this, they have four games this week that we'll, that we'll cover. You know, if they go 1-3, and three, which is very possible with the mm-hmm. matchups that they have, then, like, I think that we're going to have to start asking the question, like, what is wrong with Russell Westbrook? Because I think for the most part, like, Carmelo Anthony, like, hasn't been the problem. Like, at the beginning of the season, you'd stop and think, what are the issues going to be with this team? You know, Melo, maybe he's not a good defender. Maybe he's taken too many bad shots. But, like, Melo was, like, pretty good against San Antonio. Yes. Yeah. And Not a ton of isolations. Uh, yes, he did some like uh, mid-range shot, but uh, and then I, I, I tweeted that uh, during the game. Um, I, I love when Carmelo does the, goes to the pull-up game, but when he's in attack mode. Yeah. So you can see that you see the defense that goes uh, on his heels, and then Carmelo is ready either to penetrate if the defense uh, stay with him, or to shoot if the defense uh, give him space. That kind of sh- that kind of pull up game, which is the same that Russ does from the dribble attacking, is a good one to take. Well, it's it's not a bad one to take. Let's let's put it this way. Uh, and Carmelo was doing that. I think that Carmelo had a solid game against San Antonio. Yeah. No, he. He without a doubt did. He, he was maybe the best player for OKC consistently throughout the game. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're going to have to start asking, like, what's wrong with Russ? And you go period by period with Westbrook. And, like, I don't know if this speaks to, I don't know if it's conditioning. I don't know if it's that his knee isn't 100%. Like, I don't know. But, like, the first quarter for Russ, he's a plus 5.5 on the season. Second quarter, 1.3. Third quarter, minus 0.9. Fourth quarter, minus 1.6. Mm-hmm. So 
to me, like that, I mean, there's, it's still such a small sample of games that it could just be coincidence. It could be like the fit, uh, but things are visibly different with the team in general after the first quarter and visibly different with Russell Westbrook and his explosion and his uh, ability to finish and just his shot making in general uh, has been visibly different. Uh, and then those numbers just like say that, you know, Russ, you know, is really good out of the gate when he's fresh. And as the game goes along, he starts to lose it. And I don't, I don't know what to do with that yet, and I don't know if we should do anything with it, um, but it certainly tells the story of what's happened so far this season. Yeah, and if you want, we can can go uh, deep into numbers. Let's do that. I have, yeah. I have all the numbers in front of me now. So um, I took like the, um, this season numbers from Synergy and last year numbers, and overall, Russell Westbrook was shooting 0. 0.936 uh, points per possession, which is average in the league. So it's the um, close to the the mean value. Not great, but Russell always uh, has been like a, a volume uh, scorer, not an effective one. Not an efficient one. Uh, this season is uh, 0.8, which is the 19th percentile. So in, is in the bottom 20% of the league in terms of points per possession. This means that like no max player or close to no no max player is in that 20%. Mm-hmm. This like the the Samaj Christian of the of the leagues are there, yeah. and this is an issue. And especially uh, the the huge drop is in the pick and roll ball handler. Uh, basically, when he t- when he when he takes like a, a Stephen Adams screen and goes to the basket, uh, last season was point um, eighty nine, which is very good, seventy first percentile. Percentile. This season is point seventy four, which is below average. And the other drop, which is the one that you just discussed, was uh, in post up situation. Last season, it was uh, average, 0.83, which is not good, but at least it was average. Right now, he's the worst player in the league in post-up situation. Wow. At 0.31, is in the <laughs> zero. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 22 possessions, so not many. But he, in 22 possessions, he, he scored seven points, which is, like, this is... This cannot be the Russell Westbrook that we all know. And if this is the Russell Westbrook that uh, we, we're getting, this can be worrisome. Uh, I don't know yeah. if it's health. I don't know if it's uh, uh, something different. I don't know if it's conditioning. Uh, it can be that the, the workload uh, that the, the OKC training staff has done with, with the starters is let's build a lot of stamina now so they, they are in worse condition now and to be in better condition come April. That is entirely possible. So we don't know how to judge this. But as you said, the story of OKC season so far has been Russell Westbrook is not playing as the best player in the team, uh, on the team, and to to like to, to give it like a quantification of this dropage in terms of points, uh, Russell Westbrook from last season to this season in the first uh, in the first game, basically the difference is fifty points. So if you put the same numbers that he had last season into this season, OKC would have scored fifty more points, and the total margin in the losses of OKC is forty four points. I'm not saying that with regular Russ we are like uh, 15 and 0, but probably we are more close to Golden State and Houston that we um, that we think we are. Yeah. And the difference is just Russell Westbrook being himself, uh, putting the defense on his heel when when he does pick and roll actions. He's not finishing at the rim. That is something that you can see uh, from your uh, like it's a night test, and the numbers say exactly that. Yeah, um, it's. And it's just interesting because I feel like there's like more frustration plays from Russ on the defensive end this year. And he's always had those. Those have always been there. But like in the losses, whenever you can see the game slipping from the Thunder, I feel like we just see a lot more of Russ, you know, with bad fouls or just completely out of his spot. I mean, there were points in the San Antonio game, and I they didn't. There was a couple of possessions that they didn't make him pay for it. But he's like playing free safety, like in the middle of the defense. His guy's mm-hmm. wide open on the perimeter, and I think it was Danny Green. 
Yeah. And he left Danny Green a lot. Like Danny Green had way too many wide open shots in that game. And a lot of it was, was Russ. And yeah. he, he's playing free safety. He's trying to make the home run play. He's trying to get the ball and go dunk it on their heads. And that's like cool. Like if you do that like one time a game, like I think that's great. But whenever you're trying to make that play, you know, 10 times in a game or 12 times in a game, like that's, that's visibly harmful to the Thunder mm-hmm. when he's doing that. It breaks down the entire defense. And a positive that you can take from all this is that all the pieces are in place for this team to be yes. elite. Like they're all there and waiting for him. He's got an yeah. elite Paul George who has struggled with the shot at times, but has been a crazy good defender. You have Mello oh, yeah. who has not, he hasn't been Olympic Mello, but he has been one of the better versions of himself that he's ever been. Uh, and he's really trying to fit in on this team. He's willing to sacrifice shots. He's, he's doing some of the dirty work too. Like he played really well against Blake Griffin the other night. Uh, he's been great. Steven Adams uh, is really, he's at another level this season and uh, every, you know, Patrick Patterson's rounding into form. You know, Andre Robertson hadn't been good this season, but I think that he's rounding into form defensively. You know, he's got the pieces. They're all yeah. there waiting for him. And Russ, the Russ that we know, like you said, is, has just not been there yet. And that is frustrating. And I don't know if it's, I, mean, I don't know. Like I've, I've, we both have kids. Like maybe he's just like exhausted from having a kid this summer. Like I don't know. Like what's, like what's it going to be? Is it, is it his knee? Is it having kids? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. But where is Russell Westbrook? That's what I need to know. That's what I want to know. Well, uh, yeah, if he has night like the one that I just had, I completely and I said completely uh, forgive him for everything. Yeah, because, <laughs> I had to wake up like ten times. So, um, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, I think that also last season uh, we were more inclined to to forgive his defensive uh, problems sure. because on offense he was amazing. Right. And, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I fully expect Russ to be engaged when the on defense uh, when the game is on the line. Uh, I don't think. Uh, but the, the the thing that we need to have from him on every night is being the best version of himself offensively. Mm-hmm. And if his shot doesn't go in, then you have to find other ways to be helpful. I mean, it's totally possible that uh, right now Russ has no legs. And then if you have no legs, play a good pick and roll with Paul George and give him the ball yeah. and do be a spot up shooter. Because one thing that Russ is still average this season, um, last season was a lot better. Um, it is in spot up situation. He is at forty four percentile, so not great. The season was eighty eight. Um, but I think that if he, if you if you see that your shot is not going going in, then give yourself time. So mm-hmm. just play differently. Uh, set up Adams for for lobs, and if lobs are not there because the defense collapsed, then do other things. Do a post up, but pass from the post. Uh, do a pick and roll, but pass from the pick and roll. And in that end, and probably this is the other story uh, of uh, of our team, is that Russ needs to have most, more space now because he's not as effective as last season. So if you give him more shooters, he have more options. He have more. Uh, Play him more with, uh, with with Felton, which is playing like good basketball. Find ways to uh, like to give, to 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 put himself to put the, uh, him in a more comfortable situation and like give him more options. Because I think that if if your shot doesn't go in, you you go at a high frustration level and you are harmful for your team. Hmm. If you have space, then um, you can. You can probably be more effective uh, just by passing the ball. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that Russ needs to maybe dial it back a little bit. And the good thing is that he's got guys that he can give the ball to, to where it's not going to be detrimental. Um, yeah. His a, a number that kind of illustrates the kind of season that he's had so far is his, the VORP value over replacement player. He's at a point nine. And so, like, zero means that you're just a regular old Joe. And then as the number goes up, like, last year, he had a 12 VORP, which was, like, crazy elite. Right now, he's got a .9, 
which means that he's like barely better than like the average player in the NBA. And that's not good enough. That's his, it's his career low. So his rookie year, he had a VORP of 1.3. Uh, I mean, this is a career low. I don't think this will continue. Like, I just don't think that this is like a sustainable thing for Russell Westbrook. I think he's going to figure it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. He works hard enough to where you know that something is going to turn. Like, something is yeah. going to turn for him. Something is going to click. It could be. I mean, we're only speculating as to what it could be. And I think the easiest thing to look at is that. He's not finishing at the rim. He doesn't seem to have that same burst. Like, we've only seen that burst from him a few times this season. Maybe he's not completely healthy. Uh, and that, that's, I mean, that's like the only thing that makes a ton of sense to me. And maybe as time goes on, he'll he'll feel better and he'll play better. Uh, but I just don't think that th- this is going to be the rest that we see all season. And, you know, looking at their net rating, being fifth in net rating and being where they're at defensively, it's not going to take a lot to push this team over to be oh, yeah. like an elite team. Like they're on the verge, like they're right there. And it's going to take one more ball movement on the offensive end into a Russell Westbrook that isn't, you know, an average point guard in the NBA. It's going to, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have even just 80% of Russ from last year, Plus a little bit more ball movement, not even a lot of ball movement, just a little bit more, a little bit more movement like they do in the first quarter. Then you're talking about one of the best three teams in the NBA. I mean, it's yeah. just not, there's just no question. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that they've held the kind of advanced numbers that they have uh, up to this point in the season and they're below 500. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I fully agree with that. And I hope, I really hope that um, the, if, if if it is something feasible with Russ, that is not bad. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, he, in some sense, he really deserves a chance to be the best version uh, of himself. I will use that term a lot, but with this team mm-hmm. because he can achieve greatness with this team yeah. and I really hope for him and for KC uh, that he that if it's, the condi- if it's conditioning or, or if it's physical then he, that that goes uh, away pretty fast so that we can see uh, the thing that we are seeing in the first quarter throughout the, the rest of the game because I think that in those games like the Boston uh, game and the San Antonio game and also in Denver they could have had like amazing win amazing win that that actually raised the level of confidence of this team Mm -hmm. yeah and they're going into a week where i mean everybody knows who's coming into town on wednesday but tonight tonight they play uh new orleans uh on the road the pelicans are 19th in net rating and negative 1.5 uh there's basically two guys i have to worry about tonight it's anthony davis and demarcus cousins uh, that's really about it. Drew Holiday <laughs> hasn't had a fantastic season, uh, and then they're not getting a lot else from anybody. I mean, each one more might might be like the only guy they're getting something from. Um, so if the Thunder, you know, Steve, Stephen Adams will be heavily relied on tonight. They're going to have to mm-hmm. use Dakari tonight. Uh, it's an interest, really interesting game for Mello uh, and also mm-hmm. uh, Paul George because they're both going to get their chance to guard Anthony Davis and. Yeah, I assume Anthony Davis will play tonight. He is listed as probable. He ha- he had a concussion the other night, but I guess he is doing well. And I would guess that he does play. And if he does, then uh, it's a tough matchup for the Thunder forwards because he is a beast and probably a center on you know twenty nine other teams. But uh, because he plays with Demarcus Cousins, he is the power forward. So, um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts, concerns uh, about? about tonight with the Pelicans? Well, coming to the season, I thought that uh, OKC was uh, like okay against teams uh, with two bigs uh, because the early uh, preseason games were encouraging on that end. They played both uh, the Pelicans and the Nuggets in the preseason and they basically handled uh, their length pretty pretty well. Then coming into the season, they had bad losses against Minnesota. Well, not bad against Minnesota, but against Denver and last uh, like uh, last game against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are kind of reverting to be um, uh, like to 
to have problems against those kind of teams. Um, one thing that, uh, well, first of all, if Davis play, then yes, they, they will probably hey, will be in trouble. I think that Melo, though, has some sort of, um, that Melo can be very important against this team yeah. because if he can score, uh, and if you can put Davis out of his comfort zone, like put him away from the basket because he's a crazy good help defender and he can block some shots at the rim. Uh, I think that okay, so he has the, as a way to uh, put um, the Pelicans into trouble. Uh, also because their, their, their bench is, is really nothing. Uh, it's Jameer Nelson, a bunch of players that... Um, that are uh, not like a uh, good bench player. Uh, and so I think that the bench will play a key role here. Uh, maybe we'll see, as you said, Dakari. Uh, I hope that Patterson has a good game because he can uh, he can be the guy who saves you from uh, go uh, have trouble against uh, those kind of teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and obviously Steven will, uh, will have like a... Well, Boogie Housing probably had has had good games against Steven. So we'll see. Yeah. And, um, Rajon Rondo is back for the Pelicans as well. So uh, is it a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. I was about to say that there's a, uh, so there's some wild opinions about Rajon Rondo out there. Um, and he's, I mean, I don't know. He's a very polarizing player and it really depends on his effort level. Um, to how effective he is. We saw how great he was in the playoffs last year uh, with the Bulls, which seems like an eternity ago that he played with the Bulls, but he was good for maybe a couple games for them. Uh, but overall, I don't know how effective he is. He certainly, I mean, there's, here's what their starting lineup was the other night against Denver, in which they got destroyed. Drew Holiday, Dante Cunningham, Rajon Rondo, Boogie, and Anthony Davis. I mean, you're talking about like, two quality shooters, two decent shooters on the team. And one of them is boogie. Um, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's just a disaster of like a roster construction. Mm. Um, this is like another game on paper and the thunder, like on paper, like they should beat like a ton of these teams. Uh, and this should be one of them. But like a part of me worries that with that golden state game on Wednesday, that this is one of those games that they overlook, you know, that they're planning mm-hmm. so much for Golden State that, I mean, this team wants to beat Golden State very, very badly. Like, that, yeah. that is definitely, like, on the list for all these guys. It's their measuring stick. It's, you know, Russ's frustration. It's the organization's frustration over the past year or so. Um, like, they want to beat them. And so I think it would be very easy to overlook this Pelicans team and to say, you know what, we got this. You know, Steven can handle uh, DeMarcus. And, you know, we'll just play good defense on Anthony Davis. And then, like, we'll have the game. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Like, is Ian Clark going to score, like, 45 points on us tonight? Like, I have no idea. I hope not. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I have concerns. I mean, invalid concerns about this this particular team. Um just because I, it just feels like a team that could be easily overlooked. Yeah, uh, one thing where OKC can have an advantage is to, uh, like, Cunningham is an okay player, but yeah. probably cannot guard uh, Paul George, so they will probably put him on, on Robertson. Um, Rondo, like, the best version of Rondo uh, can guard, like, Russell Westbrook, but this could be a game worth for us says well okay now now I'll, I'll, I'll kill everybody mm-hmm. and I actually and he actually does it um, I think that on the defensive end um, this is a good matchup for KC because Russ can can defend Rondo and Robertson can be effective on holiday uh, if you stop holiday on offense then then the only thing that remains is the tandem between uh, Cousins and Davis which is a great tandem. They they were they when they played like as the de facto point guard of their team, they were probably at their best. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I mean, I think that defensively, oh, it's, it's, at least with the starter, OKC uh, can handle them. Um, and if the bench plays like he played basically the last few games, I think that they have a good chance. Um, we'll see. I mean, uh, Stephen Adams. Uh, Fouls will be a, a huge thing because he has to he has to stay to, to defend Cousins, but not to commit early fouls because I mean, that would be a disaster probably for Casey. Yeah, you would think that it, 
it would be. Uh, those guys have been so good so far this season, both yeah. Boogie and Anthony Davis. And you know, it really depends on what they can get from everybody else. Uh, Rondo's been back for two games, and they've lost both those games. Uh, the Raptors, who have been really good, you know, put it on the Pelicans the other night, 125. Uh, they scored 125 points in regulation. And then they were beat by the Nuggets. Oh my goodness! Have, have you yeah. seen this final score? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one forty-six to one fourteen. I know. I yeah. remember it being high, but I didn't remember it being one hundred and forty-six points in <laughs> regulation. I mean, yeah. that is that is absolutely insane. And so the well, Thunder, if they can get rolling, and if they're hitting shots, like clearly this is a pretty porous defensive team. Yeah, and also the the game that they won um, since Rondo returned was the game against the Ox, and oh, yeah. they won like uh, one hundred six to one hundred five. So against like one of the worst team in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and the last one was against the Clippers, and so since the Pacers game, uh, they basically had two wins against very bad teams and three bad losses. So. I mean, they are not in the best shape, uh, yeah. for sure. And Davis, we, we don't know. Even if he's clear to play, uh, we don't know just how it is. I mean, sure. how he is. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, the Thunder would love to have a break to go against Golden State uh, back, back to 500 and with a lot of, with at least a bit of um, self esteem. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. They're going to, I mean, you just flat out, you need confidence. Yeah, and, you know, coming into this game because I mean that that Spurs game was a killer. I mean, mm-hmm. just I mean, fans like you guys know how bad you guys felt after that game. Like most of you guys that are listening to our show are like very invested in this Thunder team. Have been so excited. You've been totally let down by this team. If the air has been let out of the balloon, I tweeted an Arthur uh, gif after the game of this. I just love that there's a ton of Arthur gifts out there. I don't know why there are, but they they exist. But the, the air was let out of the balloon. It was just so frustrating. Uh, but hopefully they can win tonight, win convincingly, and go into this game on a Wednesday with some confidence. Uh, they play Golden State on Wednesday night, Michele. The Golden State Warriors, big surprise, everybody. They're really good. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this Warriors team a lot because I'm not sure that our listeners really want us to. Like, we're not, I don't think... I think that the funniest thing is like diving into the numbers for the Warriors because it's like, I, I don't, I don't know, like diving into the numbers for what to figure out that they're the best team in the league and maybe one of the mm-hmm. best teams ever. Like, yeah, we get it. You know, there's yeah. not, there's not a lot to, to me, there's not a lot to explain. And like the, the level of talent they have, the number of really good players they have, we know the fit is impeccable. Like we all understand that. And I don't, I don't know. I don't need numbers to illustrate that. I feel like I need numbers to illustrate like what the heck is happening with the Thunder team or like, why are the Pelicans so bad? Or like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Like no one needs, I don't need anything to explain to me why or how good the Warriors are because they just like, it's, you can look at their roster and be like, Oh great. Well, this is just a stupidly good team. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's all you need. Yeah, you can you can point out that their defense is not okay right now. Yeah. Uh, but you can explain it immediately uh, with one word: boring. Right. Bored. They are bored already in the season. I mean, they are not playing defense. Uh, it is enough for them to play one quarter, the third, to beat everyone basically, besides Boston. Uh, but um, for the rest, I mean, they. They just need one quarter from their stars, uh, a good quarter defensively, to shut down anyone. Like they were down bad against the the, the 76ers, mm-hmm. and they put on a 47 to 15 third quarter. Right. 47 after after like uh, like Philadelphia had a, a 47 quarter in the first one, right. but still. Uh, they are so good that again, one quarter, one small uh, push uh, into the gas, the gas pedal, uh, and 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 they are better than anyone. And so, yeah, this is the story. And if you can put them in trouble or even uh, win a game with your defense, then I think that the season can turn immediately. I don't think though that this will be the case. To be completely honest, sure. I mean, I. I would be very shocked if the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Warriors. I expect here's what here's my expectation. 
first quarter. The Thunder are going to be up by 15. Crowd's going to roar. Everybody's going to be so pumped. Second quarter, the Warriors chip away at the lead. It's tied by halftime. And then the Thunder lose the lead within the first minute of the third quarter. And then the game is pretty much gone. The Thunder fight back a little bit here and there. I mean, that's that's been the Thunder against good teams this year. And mm-hmm. well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can put together and Bailey's talked about this. You just have to put together a full forty eight minutes. Give me four mm-hmm. quarters of basketball. And so far, like they have been dominant in one quarter of basketball. Fantastic. You guys know that something works. You know what mm-hmm. it is that works. You can watch the film. You play you actually play in the games where your guys are up and destroying teams. Let's see if we can do it in the third or fourth quarter because they just mm-hmm. haven't been able to do it. And it's just like, it's just baffling because they're coming out mm-hmm. with the same group after halftime and they can't even do anything resembling what they did at the beginning of the game. And you just wonder like, what is that? Like, what is, what is going on here? Like you guys, you guys know what works. You see it, you play it. And then you can't, like, they can't replicate it in the second half. It's just very odd. Yeah, part of that, and I think the games against uh, Boston and San Antonio were basically the same to this yeah. extent, is that the other team actually adjusted. Right. And this is something that in the regular season you don't see very often. And for sure, Billy is not doing that uh, by any means. He's not doing any adjustment. Uh, he's just playing with his game plan and sometimes, as I said, changing the game plan for the worse. Um, and so I don't really know if that is a good thing that uh, the teams are already adjusting to the Thunder uh, or if it is a bad thing that Billy is not doing that. Um, we see, we say a lot that you want to keep your adjustment for the uh, for the postseason. And one knock that you can have on Brad Stevens and Popovich is that you don't have much left in the tank if you show everything. Uh, in the regular season and it has been the case for the last few seasons now like this person doesn't don't have like two of their best starters so um, that is totally another thing but uh, with Boston I, I, I really noticed that they adjusted to, to put uh, OKC into trouble mm-hmm. um, but in the same no matter what you need to play uh, a good brand of basketball to start the second good teams are always good in the third quarter this is the, the, the point where you actually make your leads at the beginning of the game and the third quarter. When you have your starters, when you play sound basketball, when you're fresh because you had the rest or if the game is, is yet to start. And it's very weird that OKC in the third has this low uh, efficiency. This um, You can explain it if you're a young team, like Minnesota's team last, last season was incredibly bad in the third quarter. It's not... Um, I think that you see a lot that a veteran team is bad in the third quarter. So I, I, I don't really know why. Yeah, I don't get it either. And it feels like something that will eventually turn. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's there's been a lot of like best case scenarios, and we're going to see one coming up here with the Pistons, and we'll go over the numbers with them. Uh, but with the Thunder, it feels like there's just been a lot of things that are eventually going to turn for the better for them. You know, the shooting of the role players, like. Alex Sabrinas mm-hmm. is going to be a good shooter uh, yeah. this season. You know, Patrick yeah. Patterson is going to start hitting shots. Uh, Paul George is going to hit shots. Russell Westbrook, you feel like, is going to hit shots. You feel like eventually like, some of this stuff is going to start to turn. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I feel like we've seen maybe the best case scenario of Steven Adams and Carmelo. And then... Like, Dakari? Like, like, is that yeah. it? I mean, I just feel yeah, like eventually some of this is going to start turning, and it would be really nice if it would start to turn on Wednesday night for OKC. Um, they play uh, Detroit, so the Thunder finish this week with a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. They play Detroit Friday night in Oklahoma City. The Detroit Pistons are... 11 and 5 on the yes. season. Uh, I think they have the eighth best net rating at a plus 3.2. They have a 106 offensive rating, a 103 defensive rating. None of those are like, I mean, those are like fine numbers. Like they don't scream like elite team or anything like that. Uh, I feel like they've had a lot of 
great shooting so far this season. Tobias Harris is shooting 47% from three. Avery Bradley, 46 from three. Uh, Reggie, who has not been a good three-point shooter in his career, is shooting 36%, which doesn't sound like phenomenal, but like that's really good for Reggie Jackson. Um, and then like the number that everybody loves to go to is like the Andre Drummond free throw numbers, which if you haven't been following it is starting to dip again because he's been forced to take some more free throws. He is at 63%, which is still way better than he was last season. Um, but it's not like the phenomenon that everyone was hoping for, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Well, but that is enough to to keep him in the game. Uh, oh yeah, to to not fouling him uh, sure. intentionally. And the number I look for Drummond, it's the assist. I mean, the passing that he's uh, is doing this season. His assist number um, are up from his league, uh, from his career average. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at point eight. Now it's three point four, and that helps the shooter. So if you have a big man that is starting to figure it out that he can pass the ball effectively, uh, then you can explain shooting, uh, part of the shooting with that number. And also, mm-hmm. uh, you, you put every Bradley on a team. Uh, now the spacing is real because right. everybody is a great shooter. Um, again, Drummond can provide you good screens. Uh, he's not afraid to go on, uh, on the post because he will eat his free throws. This changes a lot of things. And also, Tobias Harris shooting at, at those clips obviously helps. This is a good team. I mean, it, they beat Minnesota last night, if I am not mistaken, um, or two nights ago, I don't remember. No, it uh, was um, last night. Yeah, uh, they they won against Minnesota, which is uh, a good matchup for them uh, because they play big, and so it was an interesting one. I, I saw part of the game, and they really played well. So a lot of transition. Andrew Zaman was doing like uh, outlet passes, which is something that I didn't expect to 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 be a thing, uh, but it is. So Andrew is playing probably the best basketball of his entire career. He's mm-hmm. finally blossoming in what. They were. They thought they could have uh, come draft time, and so I think that this will be another test where OKC um, plays a, a team that is kind of specular to what they have. They have a physical center. They have good wings, not a ton of uh, heavy force in the you know, like uh, power forwards uh, in their rotation because Tolliver is an outside player, um, Tobias Harris is a wing, and so I think that OKC match up well uh, with them, and so. We'll see. I mean, it's if they win that, they will probably uh, end the week uh, at least at fifty percent, uh, like two and two. If yeah. they lose, if they lose that, I think that that is the key game of the week. Uh, the Warriors, you just want to play the best basketball you can. If you lose, well, whatever. Right. Uh, but the the Detroit game is really what is important in this week. They they don't want to lose to Detroit uh, because they they can go into the like the next week uh, with a good momentum if they go. Um, too old to close the week. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. And at, being at home is really helpful uh, for them. And you know, Andre Drummond, I, he's been a player that I haven't liked, you know, so far in his career. Me neither, because I just don't. I don't think he's effective defensively, offensively. You know, he is getting trash buckets here and there. But you're right; like that three point four assists is in kind of an insane number. Um, for a guy like Andre. Um, and then the free throws do matter. I mean, he was four or five last night against um, the Wolves and in a three point game. And like those free throws are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he has been much, much improved. And a- Steven Adams always kills Andre Drummond. Uh, yeah. They played against each other in high school. Adams had the best game of his rookie season against Andre Drummond. Like he, for whatever reason, always destroys Andre Drummond. And I'll be really interested to see because I do think that Drummond has improved, but so has Steven Adams. And so Mm -hmm. like that, if like you're going to highlight any sort of matchup, uh, I think that it's Drummond and Adams. And then obviously the Reggie versus Russ is always very interesting because there is like (laughs) some... There's something there between (laughs) between those two. And so I'm, I'm... I don't know. It's an intriguing matchup for a, for a lot of reasons, and then you have Stan Van yelling on the sidelines, which is always fun. So um, yeah. it's you're right. It's a very important matchup. This is a team that is not as good as the Thunder, 
They should, they should, yeah. you know, but they're playing really well. And so it would really mean something for the Thunder to, to beat this team on Friday yeah. night. Um, you know, t- tonight against, I think the Thunder should beat the Pelicans and then, you know, they'll most likely lose to Golden State uh, unless something, some miracle happens. Do we mention, oh, I don't think we, think we mentioned this. I thought this in my head a lot. Um, but that Kevin Durant may not play on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, that is a, that is a key for them because so, I mean, yeah, yeah no, I mean, if 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 KD plays, uh, probably the emotional level of OKC is through the roof. Yeah. If it doesn't uh, and things start to go well uh, at the beginning, then they probably can get away with that because I mean, the, the key of Golden State success at this level is the versatility that KD gives you. Um, with a with a small lineup, yeah. and um, if you take away that, Golden State is a crazy good team. They would probably be the best team in the West, no matter what, even without KD. Mm-hmm. Um, if you replace him with a regular guy, um, but still, I mean, uh, KD is very important, especially with a team with length. As OKC, uh, KD is a key. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I expect him to play. Actually, uh, it seems that he's saving himself uh, tonight. Uh, I think they play tonight as well, and um, to, to be uh, ready for OKC. But we'll see. I mean, you, you never know. Yeah. So, um, don't, just something to keep an eye on. But yeah, I, ex- I expect him to play. I'm with you. I expect him to play Wednesday night. Um, but obviously, if he doesn't, uh, we all know Kevin Durant. We know who he is. We know he's a good player. Screw you, Kevin. Do Durant. we? Um, <laughs> oh, no, do we know him as a, as a oh. guy? I don't think so. <laughs> no, you're right about that. I was saying is his game. Like we know oh, how yeah. good he is. But yeah, yeah know. as far as like knowing the human Kevin Durant, um, I'm not even sure that he knows himself. Um, okay, so the Thunder play <laughs> Dallas Saturday. Um, the Thunder have played the Mavs already this season. This is not a good basketball team. Oh, no. Um, they're horrible on the defensive end. Offensively, they don't really have much of an identity because, it, tip, it you know, in the past years, it was Dirk. And, like, now, like, they're trying to hand that over to Harrison Barnes. And, like, do they really want to do that? You know, Dennis Smith Jr. is kind of doing his thing where, you know, like, he's very explosive and very fun, but he's not always contributing to winning basketball. Because he's a rookie point guard. Like, no, I'm not trying to slight Dennis Smith Jr. I think he's going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Thunder should handle this team second night of a back to back in Dallas. I could see it being a little tight here and there, but the Thunder should be able to take care of business uh, mm-hmm. against this Dallas team. Yeah, uh, they should. And I think that being consistent against a bad team uh, is something that uh, OKC didn't have uh, for the first few games. And yeah. I'm speaking specifically to, to the mon- uh, Monday night against Sacramento. Um, but it, this, this game is, again, important. The, the two games that we discussed, Detroit and, and Dallas, are very important because then the schedule becomes a bit soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, you have Orlando uh, on the road, then you have three games uh, against good team but not great ones uh, like you have Minnesota you have Utah you have against San Antonio uh, you have a lot of like December is a good month to make a run yeah. because they have a lot of winnable game like yeah. probably they, they, if they if they play the best basketball they can they may never lose yeah. uh, this will not happen for sure but um, they, they have like a very winnable and favorable schedule in December and so if they can go into December with a uh, like a if they go 500 in December uh, or close to that they can really be in a better shape coming January yeah there, there are nine very winnable games in December and yeah, I think I think a lot a lot of them are, are winnable December. Yes. Nine teams that are not good. I'll say that. That they play yeah. in December. Uh, and they get Utah. Utah is going to struggle right now. They don't have Rudy Gobert. And they play them three times. Yeah, they play them three <laughs> times. So that's, that'll help with their, uh, divi- that should help with their division ranking um, <laughs> yeah. in December. I feel bad for Utah having to catch, you know, I feel bad for them just in general for you know, losing Gobert and not having Gordon Hayward and I mean, it's, it's been kind of a brutal start to the season for them. Um, all right. I think that we covered it. Is there anything else uh, that we need to get off our chest before we go? 
No, I just remember with a sort of a laugh that uh, the ESPN power ranking or uh, ranking two or three seasons ago had Utah far ahead from OKC. That's right. Uh, because of this, do you remember? Yeah, we the were, future power rankings. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's funny to see. It too. I mean, it's it's not that Utah is in a totally different situation as OKC, but it's funny how convinced and how sure they were about uh, Utah's future. Uh, and in one summer, you can go from the stars to the bottom of the league. That's right. And uh, it's sad. It's sad because Utah had something, and I think it was something beautiful. And yeah, it takes just one summer and two bad moves to to, to be like a borderline mediocre team again, which is, again, very sad. Uh, it was uh, like a thought that I had uh, uh, speaking, uh, talking about Utah, so... I, re- I really remember that, and I remember uh, you guys using the word "miffed" and "peeved" about oh, that a lot. Man. Yes, I, there are there are two things that I've been so miffed about over the past couple of years in the NBA. One, Kevin Durant. Two, future power rankings on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, McKelly, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter. If you don't follow him, you should do it because he's really smart. He's smarter than all of us about basketball. At uh, Mikey Barra. Uh, <laughs> um, you can follow his project at chart underscore side. Follow us on Twitter at down to dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you got some time and you listen to our show, um, it would just really mean a lot to us if you take the time to do that. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Tell your friends about Down to Dunk. If you're listening at lunch or on a run or something like that, and you, when you get back to work or you get back to your family or to whoever, to a friend, just say, hey, you know, if you like the Thunder, you should listen to Down to Dunk. Let me take, give me your phone. Let me, let me punch it in on iTunes for you and, and download it. So please just take the time to share it. Um, hope you guys have a great week. It's Thanksgiving here in the U S if you don't know, McKelly lives in Italy. Um, so I, most of you probably already know that, but if you don't know that, that's, that's the, uh, that's the situation here. We always have to try to coordinate times and stuff like <laughs> that because, uh, what time is it right now? Cause right now it's eight o'clock in the morning here in Oklahoma. It's three fifteen uh, in the afternoon. See, I mean, he's already had yeah. lunch. I mean, the, he's living in the future. It's absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, but yes, please leave us a, a review. We appreciate you guys. Tell everybody about Down to Dunk. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.